You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. Wow, what a fantastic week. I know that this podcast is coming out on Wednesday, but man, I'm looking back towards Sunday and we had an amazing launch to our week. What a great day of worship with baptisms for Jace and Tristan, with so many people joining the church family and looking to get plugged in, and just really an amazing day of worship. And I, for one, am loving the idea of preaching through the book of First John. I'm super excited, and I cannot wait to see you this Sunday, July 4th, as our church family gathers together. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I want to share in the podcast today just a devotion from the book of Psalms. I'm working my way through the Psalms personally, and I want to share those with our church family for some of our midweek encouragement through the podcast. And today I want to share Psalm 22, which is anything but encouraging. This Psalm is so discouraging. In this psalm, David is crying out to the Lord because he absolutely feels abandoned. He feels totally forsaken. So he even says, starts the psalm with this language, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? David felt abandoned. When you read Psalm 22, it is one of the low points of the Psalter, but it is extremely powerful for our Christian faith when you view it through the lens of our personal experience with God in light of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for us. When I read Psalm 22, I hear so many things in this psalm that make me think about Jesus. But put on the brakes for one second. One great Bible study tool is that when you read a passage of Scripture, the first thing that you should be looking for is what you think that the original author and the original readers would have gotten out of the psalm. David would have written this psalm a thousand years before Jesus. So the first time I look at the psalm, I want to look at it in light of its first 1,000 years of shelf life. What did David mean? What did the first readers think? And for a thousand years, what were believers getting out of Psalm 22? And then I want to shed the light of the cross on it after we've understood it in its original setting. So Psalm 22, I'll read it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. 
do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions that tear their prey, opening their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It's melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a pot shirt. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim His righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, He has done it. So that's Psalm 22. David cries out to the Lord with a voice of abandonment. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? David remembers that God has delivered his ancestors, but David sees himself as a worm. At this moment in life, I'm not even a man. I'm so broken. He describes his plight as if his heart is melting like wax. His tongue is dry. His bones are out of joint. Somebody's casting lots for his garments. He is pierced. He's surrounded by bulls of Bashan. And he's calling out to God. And David is clear that he believes that God will deliver him. He even calls out and ends this psalm with strong praise for the God who is a deliverer and declares that future generations will continue to praise God. So what do we get from the psalm? Well, the first thing is that there are going to be moments in your life when you and I might feel like King David felt, when you might feel abandoned by God, but you're not. You aren't abandoned by God, even when you feel like it. Job was not abandoned by God, even though it felt like it. You are not abandoned by God, even though it feels like it. David was not abandoned by God, even though it felt like it. So he says, why have you forsaken me? But at the end of the psalm, he recognizes that he has faith that God will deliver him. 
So whatever David was experiencing, whatever he felt that made him feel that bulls of Bashan surrounded him, his clothes were divided with casting of lots, that he was pierced, his heart was melting like wax, his bones were out of joint, and he was on full display in his agony. Whatever was going on, David felt forsaken, but he wasn't. So I would imagine that Jews read this for a thousand years. And many of them in their personal lives and often nationally would have identified with the way that David felt. I say that because I think most everybody I know has felt at moments like their prayers were hitting the ceiling. And some of us have been through tremendous suffering or extreme hardship where our enemies seem to have victory over us, where those who wanted ill of us were mocking or gloating. But let's fast forward now. Now that we've respected how David felt and what the psalmist meant, what readers for a thousand years would have interpreted and understood. I want you to remember the words of Jesus on the cross. In theological circles, this is nicknamed the cry of dereliction when Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that moment on the cross, as Jesus was dying, the atoning sacrifice to take on the sins of the world, truly, He was thirsty. His bones were out of joint and on full display. He was in agony, surrounded by Roman soldiers and mocking Pharisees by those who represent themselves as the bulls of Bashan in Psalm 22. His hands and feast literally were pierced, and at the foot of his cross, in fact, someone was casting dice for his garments. Really and truly, Jesus was watching his life be drawn out from him by these, the power of these dogs, as it says. His flesh was truly torn as lions tear their prey. The Bible says in Psalm 22 that David felt as if he was being poured out like water, his bones out of joint. A very fitting description for the cross as people stare at Jesus and he feels abandoned. But how much more powerful is it to imagine the second member of the Godhead, of the Trinity, feeling separated from the intimacy and the community he's always known with God the Father. And he says, why have you forsaken me? Now, there are several things people think about this passage. One, some theologians believe that this is the moment that Jesus took on all the sin of the world. And therefore, God did, in fact, break fellowship with Jesus for a moment, even if only for an instant, when Christ took on the sin of the world that the Father couldn't look at him. This is an interpolation. It's a very, very common interpretation, but the text is not as clear as we have been theologically about it. And I wonder if there's not another side to this. Had God abandoned Jesus, or was God at the cross with Christ? Well, The Bible tells us in the Gospels that as Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That the Roman centurion declares, surely this man was the son of God. But the Bible also tells you that the the veil of the temple courts, the holy of holy place, was torn in two. That it was ripped from the top to the bottom. This huge veil that kept people out of the place where the glory of God dwelt in the inner sanctuary in the holy of holies was torn. Torn for what reason? Not so that people could go inside, rather because the implication is the Holy Spirit was leaving the temple, that the glory of God and the ministry of the forgiveness and grace of God would not be located in the sanctuary of the temple courts anymore, 
but with the people who gather around the body of Jesus, with those who become the body of Christ. So if the temple veil was torn and the Spirit of God was leaving, where was it going? And I suspect it was going to the cross. The Bible says, into your hands I commit my spirit. That sounds like the voice of a person who, though he feels forsaken, knows that he is committed to the care of a loving father who hasn't abandoned him, but yet is there with his spirit. So this cry of dereliction, I think that part of what's happening here is when Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I think he is accurately explaining how he felt. He felt exactly like David felt. The humanity of Jesus felt forsaken. That he also was turning everyone's attention to the first line of a very familiar psalm so that the people gathered at that cross could consider the words of King David and realize that they were looking at Christ their Messiah, who a thousand years after David wrote those words was the full embodiment of Psalm 22. That truly, as the good shepherd of Psalm 23 will lead us, he stands before you on the cross, his body broken, and he is the Messiah who suffered for you. I think Jesus was making it clear to the Jewish people that he was a fulfillment of what David felt. And what God did not ask David to fully feel, Jesus did. But he died as a descendant of David, as a Jewish king, as the Messiah over God's people, the ruler of the kingdom, and the rightful heir to inherit the new creation. Church family, as you and I think about Psalm 22, I agree, it is a heavy psalm discouraging in lots of ways, but so powerful when you connect the imagery to your common experience and to the cross of Christ. If this podcast was encouraging to you, I hope you'll share it with somebody. Spread the word of the Lord so that it can encourage us throughout the week. I hope to see you tonight at Carterville Cafe. We have our meal at 5 from 5 to 6, and at 6 o'clock we launch our discipleship groups, our student ministry, our kids' ministry. It'll be a great night. See you tonight and see you on Sunday. God bless you, church family.